Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. everyone. I'm Miriam Knight, and my guest today is Joanna Garzilli. Joanna is an intuitive life coach who has helped countless clients, from top executives to entertainment celebrities, make over their lives in ways that they experienced as miraculous. She has test-driven her concepts in webinars and workshops around the country, and has now shared her powerful 11-step program in her new book, Big Miracles, the 11 Spiritual Rules for Ultimate Success. Known as America's Life uh, Intuition Coach, Joanna has given thousands of intuitive readings over the past 20 years for business leaders and entrepreneurs and created the audio series Intuition Masters. Her website is joannagarzili.com and I am very pleased that she has joined us today. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you, Miriam. It's wonderful to be with you. I'm, I'm excited for our conversation. Uh, well, you sound like you're from my, uh, my part of the world. Delighted to have you. You know, Joanna, you bring such compassion and understanding of the human condition to this book. You have a knack for listing all the ways we cop out of stepping up to our best life. Now, I don't think you could possibly have written it without some serious battle scars of your own. So tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to intuitive life coaching. Absolutely. Many failures in my life. <laughs> and one of the things that, the, one of the ways I like to look at it is that what if miracles, or rather what if mistakes were miracles waiting to happen? And because I look back in my life and I see all the mistakes that I made and I mentally beat myself up over the things that happened, now that I have a bird's eye view, I see things very differently and it's given me the courage to be more adventurous rather than foolish <laughs> and, to, and really to pursue things that make my heart sing. And I think that's for a lot of people when they're focused on the idea of creating miracles for themselves, that a miracle is something that just isn't, a miracle is something that's out there that isn't possible. And, and I know since I was a child, I've always had big dreams and big vision. But for me, a large part of, of my journey had been, well, you shouldn't want those things. You shouldn't do those things. And and I know not only for myself, what I've seen from my clients and from other people that I know, that one doesn't give oneself the permission to go after the things that one wants. A lot of the time, going for something big, something miraculous, seems absolutely impossible. But if one is diligent, if one takes small steps, that's how you create a breakthrough in your life. And for me, some of my personal breakthroughs have been, at one point, I was I've really suppressed my emotions 
And so my weight would yo-yo like crazy. So I'm a size US 6 now, but back in my, at one point in my 20s, I was a size 12, double the size that I am now. And, you know, so for me that, you know, it really didn't feel good. I had really low energy levels. I, I remember my mom took me shopping and and I said, gosh, they, they're making all the pant sizes or smaller. And, but they weren't. I mean, it was just that that's how stuck I was within myself. I stayed in a relationship two years longer than I should have because I felt so unlovable. So on the outside, I'd been very, very confident in myself, but I really didn't acknowledge what I was feeling inside. And then that, because I didn't leave that relationship, it, it had a, a ripple on effect where I made some, I didn't, I didn't pursue what was right for me in my career and I blew through all my money. It was awful. Mm-hmm. So I went into massive debt on top of that as well. And I used to be someone who was really good at starting projects and then I would never finish anything. Thank God I have come out the other side of all those things. But it was not an easy path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you call the book Big Miracles. Why Miracles? Are you tapping into some source of magic or faith? Well, miracles I see is, first of all, going back a step, I believe that we are miracles because we're more than our mind or our body. And uh, oftentimes we're in our human experience of the day-to-day. If someone lives in a major city there's this growing up in London, I know it was the rat race for me. It felt like the rat race. When I worked in corporate finance in the city of London, every day it would be go and get on the tube, right, on the subway there and and get into the office. And I'd see, I'd see a number of the same people every day. And, and then I'd go and get my, my little lunch that I'd have from Marks and Spencer. I'd, I'd have like my shrimp and, shrimp and mayo sandwich with my pack of, chips and a drink and that and then get back in the office. It's like there's this thing. And and I remember sitting down one day at my desk when and and this was when James Redfield had come up with the Celestine prophecy and there was something in that with his his insights. I went, Oh, oh my gosh, like I want to have that experience. You know, I like I felt it within me. It created a spark within me. And I started to really think about what if I am more than just this existence of needing to be in a career that I stick at for 25 years and then making sure that I am good enough to be able to catch a man who is a a banker or a doctor so that I can be financially secure. (laughs) But that wasn't what I felt in my heart. Really, I didn't feel any of that at all. So there was a massive battle that was going on within me there. But as I started to open up to this idea of the miraculous and living in the moment, I started to see that really anything is possible. And so in terms of miracles, looking that beyond us and our physical form, I believe our energy extends beyond our physical form, that there is an intangible invisible energy that is there and and so what we can do is draw upon that energy we draw upon it unconsciously because i know that this morning i didn't when i woke up this morning and i think for most people we don't wake up going oh my gosh how do i make my heart beat today 
Where am I going to get my next breath of air? You know, am I, am I going to wake up tomorrow morning and be alive? Right? We take these things for granted. And yet, I mean, it really is a miracle. We don't have to think about how gravity keeps our feet on the planet. And yet, right now, we are, our Earth is moving through the universe at 67,000 miles per hour. And yet, with a number of clients of mine that I speak with, and I know I've gone through this myself, that thing of waking up and going, am I going to be heartbroken today because I've opened my heart in a relationship? Or going to sleep and going, how am I going to be able to pay all my bills? What if I don't have rent this month? How am I going to make enough money to keep my business going, right? But if one opens oneself up to the idea of miracles and this intangible energy that we that keeps us animated, that keeps us alive, why can it not extend beyond the heartbeat and taking a breath? Why can it not be to provide us the things that we want in our lives and to create beautiful, amazing things? And I mean the Wright brothers did it, right? They tapped into something beyond their physical selves. I think they tapped into an idea within the universe, this idea of looking at birds, right? Looking at nature and saying, that is miraculous. What if we could fly too? And they dedicated their lives to that. And even right when when they got a machine flying in the sky, people still didn't believe it existed. But for others that saw it, they said, wow, that's a miracle. So a miracle could be something absolutely huge, a major breakthrough and innovation, like flying or landing on the moon. Or it could be something from having a family. Because, you know, I've got to tell you, me getting married and having uh, my son, I felt was a miracle. Because there was a part of me that felt no one would ever want to marry me. That was, I had a very core of low self-esteem within me. So the idea of ultimate success is such a personal thing, right? We all want different things, but they are all achievable. We just, we have to be in action. We can't just, you know, the idea of a miracle of just something just landing in your lap, it lands in your lap if you are aligned with spirit. And that is why the foundation of big miracles is rule one, align with spirit. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean to align with spirit? Yes. So align with spirit is taking it a step further to create the outcomes that you want for your life. Aligning Mm -hmm. with spirit. Yes. Well, we're going to be taking our first break, Joanna, uh, but we'll be right back. We're speaking with Joanna Garzili about her book, Big Miracles. Joanna, the tagline of your book is the 11 spiritual rules for ultimate success. It's interesting that these rules are spiritual. And your first rule is align with spirit that we were speaking about just before the break. Please expand on what it means to align with spirit. How do you go about it? And what does it do for you? So... You need to be aligned with spirit, right, to be able to tap into your potential if you want to create a breakthrough in your life. And when you are aligned, it means you're, you're really in tune with your intuition, with your inner wisdom. It means that you can feel confident in the steps you're going to take that are going to lead you to, which is another rule here, rule nine, taking the right action. 
And and so how do you know if you're aligned or misaligned? How do you know if your intuition is on or if it's off? And I like to break it down into a very simple way to figure that out. In its simplest form, the question you would ask yourself is, do I feel good? If If you feel good, it means that you are aligned with spirit. Even if your bank balance is low, even if someone is telling you that you're an awful person. So what that does is it means that when you know you feel good within yourself, but something bad in your circumstances or people around you in a negative way, it means that you're able to keep your focus. You're able to keep moving forward on the vision that you have for your life. Let me just break it down a step further. So let's say, for example, someone has a low bank balance, but they feel good within themselves. That that bank balance might be because a series of actions that they took, maybe where they did make mistakes in the past around their spending, and but they're you know they're making changes. They're aware of it now. Or it could be that they're venturing into a new area and they're stepping outside of their comfort zone. Perhaps they've started a new business. They've started to put a lot of money into it. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that something's wrong. It just means that they are really moving into a place where things are are challenging, but there's an opportunity to lead to so much more. And then in terms of a misalignment, right, not being aligned with spirit, you feel bad, essentially. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times the way that comes up, I mean, it can come up as a, a feeling in your body or if ignored, it can turn into something more serious, an illness. For myself, when I stayed in a relationship too long because I was so scared to leave because I felt like I would never have another relationship again where someone loved me, that I kept getting nosebleeds. And it was only when I stopped writing down, why is this happening to me and being angry? Instead, I started saying, what do I need to do differently what do I need to do to get into alignment that the, the answer was what well, I needed to leave the relationship? And then as soon as I did that, my nosebleeds stopped and they never came back again. So <laughs> alignment really is the, is the core of everything. But what's really important to know is that whatever, there's the alignment that you have, whether you feel good or bad. And then there's also being aware of the action steps that you have taken lead to a certain outcome. So whatever the last, say, let's say the last 30 actions that you took, some of those actions manifest immediately. And others, it's like they take time. There's a time delay for them to come into effect. So whether it be one takes positive actions and there's a delay in the good thing happening or actions that are misaligned that result in an outcome that doesn't want that you don't want but there's a a time delay in that so it's it's more conscious the more aware one gets you you start to see exactly what's working what isn't working and why and that's often that's what I ask my clients every time that we come to a coaching call I'll say okay last couple of days what's worked for you wasn't what hasn't worked and why because that helps a person to immediately get aware of what their alignment is. There's many different ways that we can get to that answer. 
So in a way, aligning to spirit means um, awakening your intuition and um, using that intuition as your kind of of um, uh, telephone cable to um, a bigger reality. So you have yeah. awakened your intuition. Um, did you have a particular experience that that triggered it, or was it just a gradual thing? It was me- it was a number of different experiences. Some were small. And, and some were bigger, more defining moments for me. Since I was a child, I have been extremely intuitive and I've, I've felt things deeply. I'm very, very empathetic and, and, and I struggled with that for many years. And, and, that, and I feel like that's a big part of why I had such fluctuation in my, in my weight if anyone else is an empath, they may experience the same thing. And then I, I, I really, I, I went through a spiritual wake up. I would say the, the big one for me was one night I was out at a London club. I was on that whole London socialite scene, and I remember standing on the stage of the nightclub and just next to the DJ booth and there was all these people dancing and I just remember feeling absolutely empty going is this it <laughs> you know like I'm I'm around all these celebrities and doing what we considered all this cool stuff and in in the in the magazines and but something just felt very flat for me. And then right after that, later that night, we went back to a friend's place and all hanging out. And I never got into doing the drugs I, because I just enjoyed dancing. But some of those friends that I was hanging out with, some of them were brilliantly smart people, but they were just shutting themselves down and self-sabotaging by doing a lot of drugs. And then so I left there, I think, around 4 in the morning, and I was getting a taxi at night. And I just, again, that feeling of that, just that emptiness, that what, Joanna, what are you doing with your life here? Come on, what are you doing? The next morning, I woke up with chickenpox and tonsillitis. And (laughs) for those next few weeks, I, where normally my phone would be ringing off the hook, and it's like, well, what guest list can you put me on for here and there? I was on my own pretty much for three weeks because I was was contagious from the chickenpox. And it made me really start to, I I feel in a way it was like spirit forced me to look deeper. Uh, That I had these gifts, these skills within me. I'm skilled in from a creative perspective, but also from a, I have a business mind as well. And I really, at that point, I had the awareness that I had this resistance to stepping up and using my skills and my gifts in, in, in a greater way. And, and so that led me to start to, I, I started going to psychic development classes and doing Reiki classes. And I began working with all these different shamans and healers and traveling the world and going from Peru to Bolivia to working on the Native American reservations to with the Maori chief to traveling up to um, where the Aborigines were, into sacred temples in Egypt, and each place, you know, I learned something really valuable. And I saw, although that they were all sharing their spiritual experiences and their teachings in a different way, that there were commonalities that were there. And then 
I, I understood these principles, but I was resisting putting them into practice. And so by the time I wrote Big Miracles, it really, I had, the biggest question I asked myself, all these amazing things I learned and all these magical experiences that happened, how can I go and put that in a very simple easy to follow plan that is a fit for the modern world and also for dealing with people who maybe who are not spiritually conscious who are are Mm -hmm. asleep because it's great when we're dealing with people who are awake and on the same sort of level that's a pure delight but if you've got someone that's coming back at you and is being scathing or is arrogant in some way it can be very, very painful. It can make you want to recoil. So in these 11 rules, it really helps to empower you to find your inner voice, your inner wisdom, to look at, okay, I'm really good at this, but I actually I need to go and develop this skill more. If I develop this skill more, it's going to move me a step closer to manifesting my big miracle. So I think on the surface, the idea of, oh, big miracle, like creating a big miracle, that's awesome. It's like I'm just going to tap into this thing, like you said earlier, magic, and it's just going to happen. I want people to open to the idea of something incredible that can happen, but they've got to roll their sleeves up and do the work. And it doesn't have to be exhausting because if we are, and this is rule three, if we commit to our breakthrough, and we take action consistently on a daily basis, it's not going to feel hard. It's going to feel exciting. And you're going to say, yes, yes, okay, I'm excited when I get up today because I know that I'm making it happen. I'm not forcing it to happen. I'm making it happen. And it feels really good. You call yourself an intuitive life coach. How is an intuitive life coach different from, say, a a, business, a regular business coach or life coach? Absolutely. Well, I think some of the most successful people in business, they often say that they rely on their intuition. Bill Gates says it. Sir Richard Branson says it. Steve Jobs was very much about tapping into intuition and using meditation. And, and the difference is when you use your intuition, you are... You're opening yourself up to ideas and breakthroughs and solutions that when we purely come from where we're at, looking on the ground at a practical level, that's great for some things, but not, not if you want to do something, not if you want to do something more, not if you want to do something you haven't done before. And so intuition, I feel coming from the perspective of intuition, it gives you a bird's eye view. It also helps you to see your your blind spots. It also allows you to tap into your own zone of genius as well. And so a lot of the time when I work with a client, they'll tell me what their challenge is. So for example, one of my clients is a realtor and she said to me, I want to be able to get my first listings and I want to be able to double my income. So I'll come at it at a couple of different angles. One, I'll look at the very sort of, I, I, my family background actually was in real estate. So I'll look at a very practical level. What are your numbers? How do you get to those numbers? What do you understand about the industry? What don't you understand about the industry? But then it's like I'll, I'll, I'll tune in and I'll just have a sense of the bigger picture of how she's meant to be of service 
what's meant to happen for her in her life. And then rather than tell her, I'll ask her the right question to help her come to that answer. If that person, in this instance, that client of mine, if she felt totally stuck with something, then I'd say, look, here's the answer for you. But it really helps, it ends up helping her get past her mental block. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. practical combined with the, just the thinking differently gets you the result right. that you want. And she did double her income and she got some amazing listings. <laughs> Very good. So Joanna, you mentioned that you've had been intuitive since childhood. Is this something that people can develop? Because it seems to be like such a valuable tool to have. Uh, how can just ordinary people who haven't experienced this uh, accelerate or, or enhance their ability? Ordinary people have intuition. Everyone has intuition. We're all born with the gift of intuition. It's just that we don't always listen to it and we don't always act upon it. And so I find the best way to be able to work that muscle of intuition being able to trust our inner guidance is through meditation. And I have a a meditation practice that you don't have to go off and do a silent meditation retreat for 10 days. You don't have to go to the mountaintop somewhere that you can do it quickly and easily. And actually, I have that process in, in rule one of big miracles. It's center, ground, connect. So the first step is to center, the second one is to ground, and the third is to connect. In its simplest form, if someone's to walk themselves through that, it would be that they close their eyes and they focus inwards and they bring their awareness to their heart. So right there, it just it creates a release of energy, right? So often we're looking outside of ourselves, what we've got to do, how we've got to watch our back, what's going to happen next from life, what's life going to throw at ourselves? at us and then so as soon as that connecting into the heart and and moving into the center even taking one's hand placing it over the heart area allows you to move inwards like that right away starts to connect you to your intuition and then the idea of of grounding of just a great way to ground is you know if someone's sitting down (laughs) feel your butt in the chair or on the surface that you're sitting if you're standing, notice how your feet feel on the ground, right? Becoming present to your space. And the idea of connecting, right? Connecting up where we talked before about spirit, right? Being this invisible, intangible thing. But that also spirit is in all things, in all people, in nature, everything that we see around us. And so that idea of, I'm going to connect up to something more. I like to go from the top of the head and and, and, and feel that reach to almost like to, to spirit, to the heavens, to infinite abundance. And then sense that energy, that flow moving down through the top of my head, filling my heart, allowing me to connect more deeply to the earth. Mm-hmm. But it can also be being able to make a connection to another person, to, like I said, to something in nature. And, and, and just being present to that awakens one's intuition. Another really powerful way to connect to intuition is using rule four of big miracles, which is forgive mistakes. 
when people carry the burden of something where they feel they messed up horribly in life or where they feel someone else someone else is accusing them of something that they've done wrong and they end up taking on that energy those feelings those feelings of mistakes end up sitting in your energy field and even though we can't see those mistakes it ends up being like walking around with invisible baggage or invisible trash and by being able to start to forgive yourself for mistakes your energy gets lighter suddenly your vision expands and that opens you up to new ideas, new possibilities where you just feel in tune. Your intuition should be something that is really natural, that is just working from within you. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to second guess it, but it does take practice. The more you use it, the better the results you get, the more the results you get, the more confident that you get that it's working. It's interesting that your book has these two pillars to it. One is the what you might call the fluffy spiritual side, and the other is a very rooted, very grounded, pragmatic side of no excuses, of really looking absolutely unforgivingly at your motivations, at your actions. And... Um, and, and just recognizing them for what they are. Your, your overriding message, I think, or the one I took away from the book, was that we all have this big miracle inside us waiting to blossom. And you're kind of taking us by the hand past all the obstacles that we raise to our own big miracles and showing how you can get around or release each one of them at a time. You have a really nice exercise called Your Last Day on Earth. Tell our readers about, uh, listeners about that. Yes, I mean, it's so interesting, even just the, the title alone of the exercise of looking at your last day on Earth can trigger a lot of feelings. Because suddenly we're present to, what if, what if this is my last day on earth? Right, all the things that are bothering us, <laughs> that of uh, of what isn't working, what a frustration is. Suddenly, it just things get into perspective, mm. and so the last day on earth, just saying, well, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do differently? How can I really, you know, really the exercise leads you to the point where you are not compromising on living life full out because it's so easy to put something off and say, well, I really want to do that, but now's not the time. I don't have enough money to go and invest in that to do that thing. I can't take the time off of work to go and do my dream trip. And th- there was a client of mine who, I mean, he could be working 24-7 and he wanted to take this special trip. And, and you know, eventually he, he did. And, 
when you give yourself permission to live the life that you want, it fills you up. It gives you energy and it gives you more stamina to be of greater service to others and also just to enjoy your life. So then the blessings that you already have in your life, you're not feeling resentful about, well, I'm here and why can't I be over there? But I think really the, 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 the idea of the last, uh, your last day on earth is it's very sobering. I mean, it really makes what? you present to, to, okay, how am I going to do things differently today? Mm -hmm. Why do you think we have this tendency to put our own self last in the queue um, and feel the need to be of service to everyone else first? It's an esteem thing. It, it just goes back to a conditioning of of somehow either spoken or unspoken that a person is not worthy, they're not valuable, they're not lovable. And I think over the years, a lot of parents who have been well-meaning but are overwhelmed haven't been sensitive to what their children need, to being encouraged. You know, perhaps it's like a parent wants their child to do really well but they end up berating them and saying, you've got to work harder, you've got to get smarter, you've got to get better. But the child interprets that as, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. But really the parent is just, they just, they want so much for their child to do well. And I think that, I know I've been guilty of doing that myself sometimes and just needing to remember that there's a way that where we encourage others and it starts with how we encourage ourselves and self-care is so vitally important to be able to have the fuel to be able to have the the stamina to be able to create the results that we want because along the way as you really as you journey towards getting what you want in your life that you are absolutely going to be faced with obstacles 100 percent mm -hmm. so well I like it to just reminds really just... me of of the uh, airline put your oxygen mask on first that's right 100 percent I mean it's it's sometimes you know there's this thing I've, I've noticed that when my schedules got really busy and and I've caught myself in the past going oh my gosh I've got to hurry up I've got to get to yoga class Hurry up so we can go meditate. <laughs> that, then I've realized, oh, hang on a minute here. Let me breaking my back to hurry up to, because I've got a lot going on in the day, to go and get to go and meditate, to get to the class. It sort of defeats the object. Maybe I need to take a different action. Maybe I need to just do, some, do something else instead that can replace having to go and get to that class and then block out some time on another day where I'm not rushing. That's, you know, for each person it's different, but if you're exhausted, don't take on more than you can handle. Don't think that you've got to be Superwoman or Superman. Really mm -hmm. respecting what you need for yourself, I, I feel is absolutely crucial. That really goes to rule nine, take the right action. 
sometimes we think, you know, I, I remember working with a coach years ago and they taught about sales. Their speciality was sales and income generation. And they would say, I don't care. Whatever you do, you make 10 calls a day, at least 10 calls a day. I want to make sure you've made these 100 calls. Well, if you're picking up the phone and you feel absolutely exhausted and you don't feel in a good place, then you're not coming with the right energy to the call. So the idea of making a sales call from that place is totally out of alignment. And so it might be that the better action for that person to take would be actually to have a day off, go sit down on the beach, just forget about everything. Does that mean you're being irresponsible instead of working and doing what needs to be done? No. It means that you're taking care of yourself so you can get perspective so that then when you do show up again to those sales calls that you're really doing it from a place where you are in integrity, you're being of service. Now, I understand that's easier if you're an entrepreneur. You can do that. If you're working for a, for a business, you know, for a big company, that's they harder. They might take a dimmer view of it, yes. But I think the point is well taken. Joanna, one of the exercises in your book that I am absolutely going to try is the one of the miracle box. Can you tell our listeners about it, how you came up with the idea, and what they can expect from it? Yes, I love the miracle box. I, the way that I see the miracle box is it's your mailbox, the spirit. And the way that I came up with it was when I would get overwhelmed, when I would get stressed out, when I would get fearful, knowing that I was carrying that energy in me, that fear, that anxiety, I would go and write down, well, the, the first box, I've created several boxes since, but what I did was I took uh, a, a, a purple box I had, I wrote on the top, miracle box, drew a couple of little angel pictures on there, and then when I would feel anxious or fearful, I would write the date on the top of a piece of paper, and then I would say, dear spirit, please help me remove my anxiety around, say, you know, being able to finish writing a chapter or um, being able to, pay. you know, something to that effect. Pay my and bills or whatever. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yes. And then I would go and put it into my box. And the action of what that would happen with that is suddenly it was a symbolic way of saying, I am letting this go. I am surrendering this fear. I am trusting that somehow a solution is going to come. And also the idea of when I would look at the miracle box comes back to the idea that solutions exist. They're available right now. And it's just about letting them in. And also that I'm a miracle as well. So mm -hmm. the fun thing to do is to look back on all the notes that you write and put in the miracle box and go, okay, that worked out. There was one time that I was having challenge in a relationship with someone and I just couldn't figure out what to do. I knew it wasn't the right time for me to go and, and take an action. And so when I went to sleep that night, I wrote down the thing that was challenging me, put it in the box, and then... Literally, the next morning when I woke up, the other person had taken an action. It figured itself out. And so 
you know, it, it frees you up to take an action, but also if it's connected to another person, it, it also allows the energy to move through. And whether that outcome is what you want, sometimes it's an outcome that you don't want. But again, this goes back to maybe it's the outcome that you need because it's taking you to, it's taking you ultimately to the results that you want to get. Mm-hmm. And the other cool like thing with the said. miracle box is it's three-dimensional. You know, it's not just something that um, where you're journaling. I'm a big fan of journaling, but to be able to physically see that box is awesome. And since then, what I've done is I've put pictures on my boxes as well of certain things of exactly how I want my life to look. So it ends up becoming sort of like a three-dimensional vision board that is that mailbox makes it super fun and you could do a really big box you could do a small box you know you could one that you can travel with Hmm. (laughs) very good so what would you suggest to someone we we have the miracle box which is the sort of um, pipeline to spirit Uh, I think a lot of uh, people talk about synchronicities. It, it, it's a way of, of putting you into the mindset of expecting a response. Um, so when you look back, you can see how many things have actually answered your, um, your request. But uh, what are the alternatives for someone who doesn't feel comfortable with that or doesn't feel comfortable with, say, meditation? Are there other ways of connecting? Right. I mean, I, I, the question that comes up for me is, why wouldn't you feel comfortable doing a miracle box? It's such a joyous, fun thing to do. It's an opportunity to get creative. You know, doing something that even if someone is an art, you know, an arts and craft type person, that it just again gets you gets your mind thinking in a different way. And in terms of meditation, someone that doesn't want to meditate, again, this doesn't have to be where someone sits for hours and hours. I like to think of meditation of of saying, you know what, I am going to get present. I'm going to get really aware about my circumstances. And that means just slowing down enough to be able to observe your thoughts, your feelings. doesn't mean your mind has to be totally clear because even if thoughts are coming up, unwanted thoughts it actually means that energy is being released and clearing another way is that one can do use a miracle journal and that's a place that you can get a notepad or even use the notes section of your computer or phone and call it your miracle journal and then go through writing down the things that you want to create also you know, coming back to it's a dedicated place for focusing on manifesting mm-hmm. those miracles. And it, there's a big difference between, here's the thing, our thoughts are so powerful. And if we just, if they can float within our mind, like within our energy space, they can lead us to take actions that actually we don't want, where we self-sabotage. And by writing something down, we suddenly start to see the reality of what we feel, what we're willing to do, what we're not willing to do. It helps to be able to make sense of all the feelings that are there. 
And, and again, the answer may not come right away in terms of what's the next, next best action to take, but it might take, you know, sitting down and writing several days in a row. But what I've found in my experience and what I've seen from my clients too is that all, the answer always comes in the end if you have the mm-hmm. intention of that. And, and the other thing is, is that in terms of the outcome that one wants to create, I really like the idea of setting an intention because setting an intention is writing down what you want and then writing down as well, you can write down the timeline that you want to have it within. Now, are you going to get it exactly on the date that you write down? Maybe, maybe not, but it's helping you to focus. It's helping you to focus on the things that are important to you. I, all the time, I will write down, I want to do you know, my list of things. But again, I'm not attached to the outcome. Once it's written down, I've got to the point where I've trained myself enough to go, I know it's all going to work out. And I'll just, and then when I wake up in the morning, I'll, I'll tap into my intuition and go, what are the best actions? What actions do I need to take mm-hmm. first today? And then I take them. And then if I don't take that best action, I have to look at why didn't I do that? What resistance is in me? What am I resisting? We're all resisting something, especially if we're reaching for creating those big miracles. Hmm. Now, as a psychic intuitive, do you have any opinions about the dis-ease or unease that we feel in this country and in the world today um, and any suggestions for coping with that and finding one's center? Right. I mean, throughout history, we have had war, people have been beheaded, people are being burned at the stake, we've had natural disasters, we've had political coups, We've had communism, right? We've had people blowing each other up, massive betrayals. I mean, this is something that I actually think we have, although sometimes if one looks at the news, it can feel absolutely overwhelming, terrifying. But I do see that in our society, we are making progress. If you look back through history, we... we, I do feel that we are becoming more conscious. And it's so easy when you see people do bad things in the world to want to attack, to want to jump to a conclusion because of feeling the pain of things. But mm-hmm. in my experience, in, in, in my connection with spirit, what I feel the guidance I have received is try and just see the other person's point of view. And, and let, let's say someone's done something terrible. There's been a terrible act of, you know, war or just something that's done that is out of integrity. I try and look at what was the other person's thinking or what was that group of people thinking that led to taking that action. Because when someone does something bad, in their head, they actually think they're good. They don't see themselves as bad, right? They've got they're mm-hmm, in a misalignment. Mm-hmm. There's something that's skewed that's there. But it's not our place. I don't think it's our right to go and tell someone that you are wrong. You are doing a bad thing. I feel like the solution 
how do we move forward is we turn back to ourselves. We say, based upon the idea that I am a miracle, how can I create more miraculous acts today? How can I be an example of a miracle, be a miracle worker within my society, with, with my loved ones, with strangers? And that, I think, will create a tip, uh, create a shift in the way that people show up and how they are with each other. Because an eye for an eye, right, everyone goes blind. And... Mm-hmm. And so we've gone through politically. We've had left and right in power, right? So the left thinks the right's bad and the right thinks the left's bad. And yet I think that the common goal is everyone does want something good. They do want improvements. It's just we see things in a different way. And and so from where we're at today, how do we move forward successfully? We've got to stop judging. We've got to stop blaming. And we need to focus on solutions. That's just my personal belief. Otherwise, we're going to go down the rabbit hole of of hate and feeling absolutely incapacitated. Very wise words, Joanna. I'm uh, totally behind absolutely everything you said. Well done. And well done with the book, because if you are struggling with finding your way to a bigger version of you, I warmly recommend this book, Big Miracles, The 11 Spiritual Rules for Ultimate Success. It's a very practical guide to taking you past every single one of your excuses, showing you how human you are and what you can do about it. So... Joanna's website is joannagarzili.com. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-G-A-R-Z-I-L-L-I.com. Joanna, I'm so grateful that you wrote this book and were able to discuss it with us today. Thank you for for joining us. Oh, thank you, Miriam. I've so enjoyed being with you, and, and thank you for sharing about Big Miracles. Well, we we need more miracles in our lives, don't we? And I think that if we all try to create our own miracles in our own little sphere, that we will make a real shift in the world. That will be yes. the big miracle. Exactly. Indeed. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> so I thank you for joining us and do join us next week. In the meantime, you can visit my website, ncreview.com, for new consciousness review, and happyguide.com. If you're a coach, sign up on h-a-p-i-g-u-i-d-e.com, the the place for coaches and intuitives in health, awakening, purpose, and inspiration. I'm Miriam Knight. Many blessings. Goodbye.